Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Life, Love, and Existential Dread podcast. My name is Brian Arada. I'm a film composer in Los Angeles. My co-host is an actor, writer, director, producer, and the protector of nine realms, of the nine realms, Odin of Asgard. The, the, nine, the nine realms. realms. Odin of Asgard. How you doing, Odin? World weary, my friend. Oh, I am. I am burdened with a terrible purpose. It's a lot. A lot of responsibility. I gotta tell you, it really is. It's too much. It's really too much. There's, not, mean, there's nine. There's not seven. Being a dad not of eight. two teenagers. Yeah, I thought that. I thought that that was enough. But then you know, the nine realms is way worse. <laughs> Barely. Yes. Barely worse, yes. I don't know. Actually, some days the teenagers are worse. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been, I've, I've had some. I was a teacher. I, I know some bad teen teenagers. Nasty yeah. attitudes. What I, I couldn't do that job. <laughs> well, um, don't want to be a total downer, but uh, I I did want to talk about this, and I'm fine talking about this with you. Uh, you're, you're one of my best friends, and I want to share it with the with the audience because um, it's something that happened that's significant. It's part of life. But uh, my mom, she did pass away a couple weeks ago. And um, she died from multiple sclerosis. She w she had it for about 10 years. And um, the last time I saw her was in December. And at that time, she was in pretty bad shape. And I kind of thought, you know, maybe it's her last Christmas. I wasn't sure. I was asking my sister about it. She was a caregiver for them, my, my father as well, um, for many years, uh, just taking care of them. And she wasn't really sure. Doctors weren't sure. But I kind of thought that this last time I, I saw her, um, she she died peacefully. She she wasn't in any pain when she went. Um, it's a it's a tough thing to lose a parent. Uh, I thought I would cry. I didn't cry except on the on the plane ride home. A few tears came out uh, with a couple songs that I was listening to, not really related to anything. Not necessarily sad songs, but they just. I don't know. The it just I think it overwhelmed me at that one one moment flying, you know, from St. Louis to Los Angeles and just taking it all in at once. It just it was little it was too overwhelming. So yeah. Um but each day is getting a little bit easier. Um thinking about it a bit less, but still thinking about it a lot. I was thinking about her and our past and everything we you know, we did as a family growing up. Um I got to tell everybody, my sister, she does a fantastic job. She made all the arrangements for the funeral. It's exactly what I think my mom would have wanted. Uh, flowers, the arrangements, um, the funeral home, the wake, um, the funeral mass. And then uh, she's buried at Jefferson Barracks uh, Cemetery, uh, which is a military uh, cemetery where uh, military, people served in the military and their spouses can be bur uh, buried there. And uh, every every aspect of it was was planned out and and was done expertly well and not not a nothing went wrong at all, uh, but still it's just overwhelming the emotions of all that stuff and I, I just the main thing I did I just didn't talk I just stopped talking um, I just kept watching everybody and I would people would ask me things I'm just answering questions very simply uh, I guess that was my reaction at in the moment was that strange for you like when, when like did you since you, I mean, you're not an overly emotional person, but no. when you, did you find yourself, the fact that you were going inward more as an interesting, did you take like a step away from yourself and, and ask yourself like, wow, this is strange how I'm reacting to this in the moment? I, a bit of that, you know, I can't believe this is happening, but then at the mm -hmm. same time, I know it's part of life. I knew she was in really bad shape. I knew what was coming. 
uh, but still it just is surprising and um, unsettling. Right. Um, you, you were very supportive. Uh, you, I, I told you and you were giving me phone calls and messages. Your wife, Alma, did the same. It was, you guys were very supportive. And I only told a few people, very close friends, and everybody the same way, uh, you know, anytime you need to talk. Um, but I was chatting with my sister a lot, and that, did, that helped a bit. But, you know, during the funeral mass and then at the cemetery, I just kind of stopped saying stuff. Um, uh, but the weird thing was during the wake, when people are visiting, it's about a four-hour time window where you can visit. Um, and I'm seeing all these people, friends of the family and relatives come by, and I'm yapping away. It was the weirdest oh. thing. I just got off the plane, and my brother picked me up from the airport, and then we went straight to this um, to the funeral home for the wake. And I'm seeing all these people come in, and I'm expecting, you know, everybody crying and everything, but everybody's just kind of not celebrating, but talking like normal. And I'm and I'm just talking to everybody. Some of these people I hadn't seen in thirty five years, something like that. And that was a trip in itself to see. Some of these people, particularly the you know parents of friends of the family, thirty five years you know you know some of them I hardly recognized some of them were very recognizable, but to, to see thirty five years of age on some of these people was wow it, it was incredible and i that that was not difficult to deal with it's just i can't believe I'm seeing you this many years right. later you know it's seeing, seeing yeah over thing. a little. A little overwhelming, maybe. Yeah. yeah, and so I'm, you know, I didn't have a problem with that. I mean, it was open casket, and my sister made these amazing posters of all these old pictures. And for everyone, um, you know, before there was iPhones and i and devices and things, there was these things that you printed out, and there were actual physical photographs, and people kept what? them in people kept yeah people kept them in books and albums, and you could flip through the. Did they find this in fossil records? They know that people did this back in the day. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was so unheard of uh, at, at this what time. What gods we, were worshipped at this time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to look it up to see how it was done. You know. And um, and she got all these old pictures of us, you know, growing up and I don't know, five or six poster boards of these pictures, you know, just, I don't know, maybe a hundred or so pictures on all these poster boards around the room. And people are checking these things out. And it was it was impressive. Again, she did everything right, exactly how my mom would have wanted it. And it was oh, perfect. It was it was so perfect. But, yeah, I'm yapping away through that. And then the funeral, it's a Catholic funeral mass in the church we all grew up in. And um my sister did uh, – there's there's three readings in a mass, first reading, second reading, and a gospel. My sister did the first, my brother did the second, and then the priest does the gospel. And then I read the petitions, you know, um, you know, thank us for everyone being here. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer, that type of thing. So uh, I think it was good to participate in the mass a little bit. Um, we had a singer sing uh, Ave Maria at the end there, heard a few tears and people crying during that. He was very good, and an organist playing there. Um, but um, – yeah, and but kind of after that, I stopped. I just want to kind of stop saying things and and really kind of being outgoing. When I was the opposite the day before at the wake, so it was. Hmm. And it's not something that was planned. It was something that just kind of happened. Huh? I just, I just, you know. Well, and another thing I think affected it was I didn't sleep at all the night before, so I was oh. kind of thinking about everything, but thinking too much to sleep even. So I'm yeah. sure that had something to do with it. I don't know, but. It uh, that's 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 it's what a lot happened. to process. I think I think it's it's a lot for anybody to process. Uh, but I mean, I have not lost a parent, so I can't I can't speak to that. I've lost people close to me, but I've not lost a parent. And 
I can, I can imagine, even if you're expecting it, you know, even if you know it's going to happen, it's still, you know, it's tough and, and it just kind of slaps you in the face with your own mortality. I think, yes. I think it really does. And what it means to be alive and then not be alive in this, in this world. And I think, you know, that also depends on what you believe about the afterlife and what you believe about, um, the nature of our reality and what it means to be alive. I think all of those things play into how you respond to death. I used to have a hard time with death. Like I, I didn't like going to funerals at all. Um, even for people close to me, there's, there's a lot of friends that I, I never went to their funeral because I just couldn't, I, I didn't, I couldn't, but I've recently come to more terms with it, but I don't know how I will react whenever I lose my parents or whenever I lose someone else close to me. I just don't, you know, I don't think anybody fully knows how they're going to react. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my sister cried a lot and, um, and she was, she was closer to it than anyone. And my brother, you know, saw my brother, he had, he had a problem approaching the casket for some reason. He didn't seem to want to talk about it. I was like, okay, I'm not talking either. So let's just agree to not talk. Um, but, uh, it was, it was really, it was really well, again, really well done. It was great seeing so many people. And, and I kept saying this to everyone. I, I don't know how many people were there, uh, but I kept saying this to everybody coming in and out of the wake that it takes, unfortunately, it takes something like this to get all these people back together. Um, you know, death, uh, you know, death of everyone we know. And I was like, I hate, you know, missing people this long. But part of the problem is I live in Los Angeles. You know, most of them, all, all of them, you know, live in St. Louis. I don't think anybody flew in. Uh, from anywhere else, but um, but still, lots of people showed up, and and um, yeah, it was greatly appreciated. So, but uh, like I'm saying, each each day is a little easier. It's it's not as hard as it was. I'm doing the podcast. I'm talking again. So it's <laughs> yeah. seems to be it seems to be getting better. And I think I, I'm glad that you chose to to share this on our show too, because our show is is about life and it is yeah. about love and existential dread, all those things are tied up in what it means to be mortal and get older and um, experience life. A big, I mean, we all know that this, this gig that we are on, you know, this, the, the whole point of life is that it eventually ends and that it's not, it doesn't go on forever, at least in the physical world that we are here and depending on what you believe in or don't believe. And um, so making the time and the people matter the most, I think it just, it really weighs home. And so getting to see those people at the funeral and reconnecting, um, experiencing people that, uh, in the way they are now, their age now, their mindset, their, uh, what life has done with them for 30 years or what, however long and you, it's, it's interesting to come back, I think, and, um, experience people from other, from, you know, from other points in your life where, you were a completely different person the last time you saw them and they were too. And coming together sometimes at funerals or weddings or things like that, I think it's kind of, I think that's neat. I think it's a really interesting um, way that life bumps us into each other again. Yeah, <laughs> you know, definitely. It's, uh, and I mean, whatever, whatever reason, like if some, you know, people came out of a sense of duty or out of a sense of, you know, just, you know, like some sort of personal need or just because because they wanted to, you know, or, you know, your mom obviously touched a lot of people, you know, and, and that's amazing. That's amazing to, to, to see and to know and to actually get, get to see your loved one that is no longer here, how they affected the world, you know, not just you, because obviously they affected your world, you know, obviously. Yeah. 
and um, and just just let people know a little bit about her. She uh, she taught uh, at a all girls private school. It's called Visitation Academy for girls in St. Louis. She taught French, religion, and Montessori, which is the real little ones, three to six years old. She did that oh, for wow. over thirty five years. Um, wow. And another, there's another great thing about that school. Uh, my sister went there, and with my mom, my sister, my great aunt, and a couple of the relatives I don't know, there are five generations of her side of the family that had went to that school, and my mom taught there. She went there and taught there. Then my sister wow. went there. So there was a lot of history and connection with that school. And, you know, it's just like you're saying, she affected a lot of people as a teacher, you know, 35 years, you know, how many thousands of kids does she teach even at a private all girls right. school? How many hundreds of thousands of kids uh, that she touched in their little lives and taught them all these things. And, and yeah, many, many of those people, maybe what they do with their lives now were directly influenced by what your mother did. I mean, teachers can hold such a powerful place in our, um, direction the course that we take in life and sometimes we don't even know it and it kicks in later and it all leads back to something that you know was instilled in us from from an educator early on so that's a noble a noble thing that your mom did teaching that long and i you know it's not easy yeah it's not a not an easy job it never has been i mean we're all sitting here today going oh my god kids today and blah 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 and it's rough but it's always been rough you know yeah. It's always been rough and, and you know, part of that's part of the reason I became a teacher because she was a teacher. My brother, my older brother is a teacher. So, hey, that's a family business, I guess. I'll do it too. Um, so I, right. I just, I just couldn't. They, they could hack it. Those two could hack it. I couldn't. I, I quit after you're, eight you're years. A different breed, yeah. What about your dad? How's he doing with everything? I mean, I, I know he knew that this was happening, but is he doing okay? You know, is being around the family and everything helping him? He's he's doing okay. He has um unfortunately he has some dementia. So he will lose his memory and not remember that some things have happened. Um he'll ask questions about things. Um there's times where he unfortunately doesn't know who I am and uh it's it's very again very unsettling. I have gotten used to that a bit and I know that's coming. Uh but uh, how he's how he was going to react to this, they weren't really sure. So right. he did he did not go to the wake because my brother and my sister and the social worker at the nursing home all thought it'd probably be too traumatic if he keeps seeing these things and uh, seeing seeing her. So he came to the funeral and the uh, the ceremony at the uh, cemetery, and he he got through that fine. Uh, but I, I I tend to agree with that. I I wasn't really sure. I was like whatever. They think whatever the social worker thinks at the nursing home. They're kind of experts in these things, um, right? But I thought that was the right decision, and he, and he didn't have a problem with it. So, um, but going forward, I I don't know how he will react. He he forgets very quickly. Short term memory is almost non-existent. So, but then there's times, um, you know, my pictures, uh, my sister, and my brother's pictures are on the wall. All of us when we were seniors in high school. And the last time I was there, he was looking up at that and he goes, oh, that's John Bryan and Mary Robin, just like that. You know, so I was like, it comes, you know, every once in a while it'll come right. out, you know, so he knows things. But as far as long term, I don't, I don't know how well he'll remember uh, going forward. And my sister, my brother, they visit him. You know, they're very close by. Uh, the nursing home is only about 10 minutes from where my sister lives. So she's there several times a week. My brother visits all the time. He lives there, too. So. They're visiting, and the staff at this nursing home is fantastic. There's always a, a full certified doctor, 24 hours a day there in case something happens. Bunches of nurses and caretakers, so he's a, getting taken care of very well. Um, but I, I would just have to wait and see how long, you know, how he deals with it long term. But 
so far it seems to be okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a hard thing. Uh, dealing with the dementia and, and all of that, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things that kind of scares me getting older. Um, I, you know, being like, cause I have always thought about it as like being trapped in your mind. And I don't know if that's necessarily how it's experienced by the person. Um, and I, I, you know, none of us know really, I, I think even scientists are still, you know, doctors, they're always still trying to figure out exactly what's going on with that and how to stop it. And, but you know, I, did you ever watch that? T- and I, I'm sorry to jump ship. I'm not jumping into a different topic no. here, but but one of the most interesting interpretations of dementia that I've seen in in recent years was there's an episode of that Stephen King TV show uh, Castle Rock um, oh, that they did. Heard of it. Sissy Sissy Spacek's character in season one has dementia, and there's an entire episode. I think it's episode eight. And it is the best episode of that whole season. And it's going, it's all from her point of view. And it uses the idea, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to ruin the episode for people, but it gets into the idea that dementia is actually her consciousness being able to exist in multiple time periods throughout life and actually exist there in full knowledge of where it is and what it is. So at first it's disorienting and confusing, but she can actually almost travel in the past or into maybe possibly the future with her consciousness. But to us, experiencing time linearly like we do, we see that as dementia, like she doesn't understand what's going on and, oh, she's frail, but really there's something else way more, you know, spectacular going on inside of her. And I thought, how cool is that? You know, how wonderful is that to think about that maybe the idea of consciousness we think of it as only tying to this world, this one physical track that we're on with a beginning, a middle, and an end. But really, consciousness is only experienced in a fraction of its complexity in this reality. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, you know, when we do start to leave this world, whether our brain starts, you know, our consciousness starts to leave long before the body or shortly right before the body or whatever, um, what can we experience? within while still being grounded in this physical reality what might we be able to experience and maybe it's not such a a bad thing to be to go places in your within your consciousness that doesn't yeah. exist i like to think of that that's that is much better to think of that dimension is is actually like that that uh, that's much more comforting um, yeah and and but but talking to my dad he will he will ask you know oh i i think i lost my keys and he'll ask that you know five six times in a row, because he he think he thinks he needs his keys, which he you know he clearly does not have doesn't have keys or a car anymore, obviously. But he's you know he feels like he should have keys in his pocket, like most everybody does all the time. So he's kind you know so it's it's a present thing with that. Um, but when he's quiet and by him, you know, not talking, I you know I don't know what's going through his head. You can't, you can't you know. That's one thing I, you know, I'm looking at his face, trying to read his face and, you know, like all the, you know, one thing about communication is all the nonverbals, how your eyes look, your face and your, your mouth and reaction, and all that stuff. I'm trying to, you know, pick up on some kind of nonverbal there, some kind of communication and it's just nothing's there when he's yeah. not, when he's not speaking. So it's, I, I don't, right. I don't know that for sure, but just kind of, that's what it seems, um, th- you know, this last time I was talking to him. So I, uh. That's that's, and that that the first time that happened when he, you know, he didn't 
recognize me. That was, that was tough too. That was, that was really tough. And, and uh, it happened to my brother first. My brother came over to their house and he walked in the house and my dad looked up at him and said, who are you? And that, that, I'm, whoa, that was really rough. That was like the first time he didn't recognize one of us, yeah. a family, mem- family member. I'm sure that was hard. How long ago was that, Brian? That that was probably three or four years ago. And his and his dementia is, you know, as it does, it got got a lot worse since then. And it would go and it would go in and out. Some days he could when I was there at Christmas time, he had a picture of his kindergarten class, you know. 70, 73 years ago, he was in kindergarten. He named every single person on that picture. I had the names. I'm looking at it. I'm verifying I, what I he's saying. I can't even do that. And, yeah. he's, and he's nailing every name, first and last name from 73 years ago. You know, wow. And so that, that, that long-term mind in there, that it's the short term that, that is affected with this dementia thing. So the, you know, this, the, and that's one thing I learned about dementia. I know you're not supposed to. You know, it's the same thing with multiple sclerosis. But I looked up a lot of stuff online about it because I didn't know a lot about it. And the doctors weren't explaining or – yes, they were answering my questions, but I just kind of want to talk to them longer and they don't do that for some reason. So – I'm looking up online about these things and you know, that's what they say about dementia. All that stuff is still in there, but your brain loses access to that information, which is like how it files it. Yeah. How How it it files it and how you remember things short term and long term. You can no longer thing access that memory because of the deteriorating, you know, neurons or whatever the thing that deteriorates with dementia but it's st- but the point is it's still in there and if they can figure out how to regenerate some of these things which I, you know i guess it's a long time long way off just like any any of these diseases autoimmune diseases it's going to take a long time to figure out a cure you know i mean it, yeah they can slow down the symptoms and things uh like with a lot of medica- medications my mom was on it slowed down the progression but you know it didn't stop it there is no cure so um you know maybe that maybe that'll happen down the road i don't know but um, uh, part of life, um, and then getting through it, getting through it. How I'm getting through it. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing okay now? I mean, are you? I think are so. some days better than others. I, I, we talked about this a little bit. I know, but those aftershocks that come with losing something like this, it's like it could even be years from now. You don't even know it, and then you're like cutting potatoes in your kitchen, and you get flooded with some sort of emotional, either a smell or, a, you know, a something happens and it just connects you to some some sort of memory of loss and uh or just a really beautiful memory or something and you might become overwhelmed with emotion i mean i am a very emotional person so like i i very i cry all the time i'll I'll cry at a fucking kleenex commercial you know especially when i started having when i had kids changes your whole you know but i've always been emotional my dad's a very emotional person and my mom is too and, and my brother and i so um, it's different for me, but you know, I, 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 I always find that strange how you can be going along one minute, everything's fine. And then something happens and it brings up something from your past that you like some traumatic event or something yeah. you thought you've worked through, you know, like the loss of, of a loved one. And, um, you think you're fine and you seem fine. And then out of the blue, you're driving to work one morning and you're just a blubbering mess. Yeah. And you don't know why. I don't, Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. I have no idea. You know, the way the mind works, it's 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 tricky. Even when you have a healthy mind, it's it's still tricky. You don't know what's going to affect you, how your memory is going to 
come back to you in what way or not. So um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, How do you feel being out there so far away from family and and people you grew up with? Is that does that affect you at all, or do you, are you still like, no, nah, I'm I'm okay out here being on being on my own, being away from everybody that that I. I do. I do like being on my own. Even if I lived in St. Louis, I, you know, I don't think I would live with my sister. Even though they got a huge house, and she said you can live here uh, anytime you want, you know, and they got more than enough room. I think I really like living on my own. It's nothing personal. I just like being by myself, and I've been that way for a long time. So I think that's part of it. You just you just get used to it. Um, uh, it was good to see family members again, friends and family, but I mean, you can do FaceTime and all this stuff. I mean, that's, that's in zoom, in zoom meetings and things like that. And that's, I do that a lot, you know, and physically being, of course, physically being there is something different. And it was, again, it was a trip to see all these people, um, you know, so many years later and re- remembering all the things we used to do, you know, lots of, you know, lots of people that were friends of the family were in the Boy Scouts. So tons of stories about Boy Scouts. Um, you know, my dad's really into airplanes. Uh, so a lot of his friends that were into model airplanes came and they're like, are you Brian? I didn't see, I haven't seen you since you were nine years old. God, you're even older and uglier. And I was like, oh, you, thank you. You look the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You still look like a, you know, cranky old fat guy. So I don't know. It's like, um, <laughs> I don't even consider you that. Well, no, you can be cranky. You can definitely. I, oh, yeah. Oh, I can. Yeah, Curmudgeon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so it was, it was fun to catch up with those people. And um, so it was, uh, but I, yeah, I don't have a problem being away with them for long periods. And I go, you know, go visit every once in a while. That's, that's enough for me, really. Uh, I know a lot of people need to be close to family. I, I'm just, I guess I'm not that type of person. I don't know. And nobody seems and nobody seems bothered by it. My sister was is more insistent than anyone to live with her, just because she feel, she feels the same way you do. It was like, don't you want to be with family? You know, her husband and their two boys. Um, you know, get I get along great with them, but I just I like being. I mean, I live far away from my family too. I mean, I'm not right. as far because I'm in Chicago. Right. But you know, when I went to college, we all kind of split up. My my family, you know, because. I, even though I went to college in Springfield, we, we you know, my, my dad went to seminary, um, into method Methodist, uh, uh, the Methodist church, uh, you know, he, we, we didn't grow up as a preacher's kid, but he was our youth. He became a youth leader. Uh, but anyway, yeah, my, my freshman year of college, my brother had, was not in college yet. He kind of went to school. He kind of did like a secondary degree, kind of like, not really. Um, I think he's going back, but he worked a lot, but my, you know, and I miss my brother a great deal and I miss my parents, but I, I try to visit them a lot. I, I, I need to see them more. My brother actually sees my parents a lot more than I do because they're closer. I mean, he's in Springfield there in like south of Kansas City in Harrisonville, Missouri, which is a small town. And, um, you know, the church moves them around. So they've been in Kansas City. They've been all around everywhere. And I think they were in Columbia for a while, you know, with the church and stuff. So they get moved around. But I, I see... I, I see my family uh, a couple times a year, and at first that was kind of hard for me, you know, because I, I used, you know, used to see them a lot more. And our whole family used to be really, really close. When my grandparents were still alive on the Shelton side, we would, you know, my dad's one of five children, so everybody would come together all the time. We'd do these lunches and stuff, and it was just really big. But as soon as my grandparents died, I, I just got this feeling like everybody kind of stopped coming back to visit all the time. You know, not not everybody's there for Christmas anymore. Not everybody's there for Thanksgiving anymore or all the different holidays and stuff. And that used to really piss me off when I was a kid. I was like, how dare they not come back, you know, or whatever. And then I'm like, 
people were coming back because their parents were around, you know, because, you know, and then as soon as that was gone, you know, they, we all have our own families. We all do things. I, I do holidays here in Chicago with just the kids or just friends, you know, like we do Friendsgiving. I don't go back for Thanksgiving anymore. Um, not as a political statement or anything. I just don't go back for Thanksgiving. Um, but I go back for Christmas always. Um, I might not this year. I might go to Mexico if Alma is still not here yet. Um, I might go to Mexico because I'm yeah. getting really tired of not having my fucking wife here. Of you course. Know, and not yeah. being able to spend time with her. And it's been, re- it's really challenging. And so, but my parents are open to possibly going to Mexico and spending time with the in-laws too. You never know. So oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, so we'll see, but, but yeah, I, I think it's interesting, um, how, you know, some people, some families stay real tight knit together and they never leave the city that they're in. And then other families just, you know, people spread out and things like that. But I always wonder about that, you know, cause you're, you're out there, you're the only one out there, like really far away, but you've got friends and things out there in Los Angeles, which is great. And you can, you go home every once in a while. It's not as, it's like an eight hour drive for me to get back to, to, to Missouri and, and see people. It's not, I mean, it's like a, what a day and a half or something for you. It's to drive. Crazy. I don't know. Yeah, if you were to drive, which oh, I'm sure you wouldn't, because it, it took, doesn't make any sense. It but it's took, expensive. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. I drove. I drove out here with a U-Haul uh, trailer when I first moved here. Oh, it was years ago. Yeah, it took me two and a half days, and it only took me that long because uh, my car was overheating in Arizona because it was like 117 degrees or something like that. So I had to I had to stop for every periodically and wait for the car to cool down because. You know, it says cars overheating, you know, Uh want to burst into flames and I'm stranded on a desert road in the middle of Arizona or something. So um, I probably could have made it in a day and a half if I didn't went nonstop or maybe just stopped to sleep or something. I don't know. But um, I didn't want the, yeah, I didn't want the car to explode before I got to Los Angeles. So (laughs) I had to wait for it to cool down. (laughs) Because, yeah, I remember, um, and my dad was making fun of me for this when I first told him. And he goes, you have any trouble driving out there? I said, well, it overheated uh, several times in the desert. And I looked up what causes a car to overheat. And it said, if you're driving uphill, which I was, in extreme heat, carrying a trailer. I was doing all three. And he's, he's like, <laughs> that's trifecta. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was doing all three. So therefore, the car overheated. You know, and he's just laughing so hard at that. You know, I was like, what do you want me to do? I don't know what to do. I was like, he just. <laughs> yeah. But it's an expensive flight too from Springfield to, or, or from St. Louis to yeah, back and forth. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, we talked about this before, and I did take, you know, had a little run in with Spirit Airlines on the way back, um, but I did Spirit. I know, but I did take I did take a Delta to Salt Lake City, and then Salt Lake City to uh, St. Louis. I gotta tell you, Salt Lake City's airport amazing. If you ever go really? through there, you know, Lambert. I never Air- have. Yeah, Lambert Airport's old and running down. LAX is even worse. And it's just I mean, it's just yes, everything works and everything, but it's just old. You go you walked in there, it's like it's like a brand new facility. Delta Airlines, if you can afford Delta, those planes are fantastic. And in front of the seat in front of you, you got a little iPad and you can watch movies, TV shows for free. You can see the flight plan on this thing. You can see how fast I've seen the, those, yeah. You can, yeah, you can see how fast the plane's going. It's like a little animated thing of the plane flying through the air of the United States and no problems with kids crying. Everybody's plugged into headphones <laughs> watching movies and TV shows. Quietest yeah. flight ahead. Great-looking plane, little more room than a than a Spirit Airlines uh plane. A lot then, more room. Oh yeah, yeah. So if you can afford Delta, I, I highly recommend Delta. 
Um, and then going back, I did take a spirit, but um, just because it was the cheapest, but it was on a Tuesday and I had, I was the only person in the aisle. So I had two extra seats on my side of me. No one oh, sitting next to me. That's no, so nice. No kids. And, you know, that's when the tears came a little bit. But I was so great. So right. I was very grateful to be by myself in that moment. Um, yeah, but, absolutely. But, yeah. So I was very comfortable and, and very grateful for that uh, situation flying back. Um, so. Wow. Such an emotional, an emotional trip. And thank, I mean, thanks, thanks again for wanting to talk about this on the show and um, and everything. I, I think that, you know, many people might not have wanted to talk about something like that, but I, I think it's, I think it's good. And I think that a lot of people in this world, they experience tragedies, personal tragedies like this, or, or, and, you know, celebrations of life of people that they've loved, that they've lost. And, um, that's what this, that's what we wanted the show to be all about, you know, is, is the, the connection to each other in the world that we live in. And, um, so that's great. Well, so thanks and for, thanks for that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I did want to talk about it. I don't want to just ignore it, you know, and you know, the right. conversation, conversations are going to come up weird. about my, going to come up about my parents, you know, and then on one day, you know, two months later, Oh, by the way, back in May, I got to tell you, why didn't you right. tell me and all that stuff? And we didn't take a lot of time off of the show either. I mean, like, you know, that just happened a few weeks ago, right after we recorded the last episode, honestly. And, um, I I didn't know for sure if you wanted to to do another episode this quickly and so but I'm glad I'm glad that you do and that that you're able to to talk about it while you're still in this place with it you know you're still with yourself and processing and things I think that's that's a that is totally conversation to have that's that's totally it just still thinking about it but I'm glad to talk about it and I don't know it might be helpful to talk about it and then rewatch it re-listen to it later on listen to the episode later on think that would be helpful so um but i'm but i am truly doing fine with it you know just but still thinking about it a lot so um well i'm sorry for your loss again my friend but uh but thank you again for for opening your your heart up and talking about it you know it, it's uh i think that also can bring it brings us closer together you know experiencing those things with your friends and your family and that brings everybody a little closer, a little closer together and makes you think about the things that really matter, you know, in this life. All the things that, that we always focus on, all the fucking shit that's going on in the world that we're always like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. And it's like sometimes things like this make you put those brakes on, stop, smell the flowers a little bit, look at the people in your life and the people who are there for you and always, always around. And those are the things I think that matter the most. And, and sometimes life gives you these little moments to, to stop and reflect on those and, and give thanks for the people you've had that you no longer have. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely pretty amazing. And, uh, yeah, no, 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 I, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, and this is, I do want to move on and not focus on this too much, but I did want to tell one more story about a, a, a funeral that was extremely tragic and still affects me every once in a while. And this happened when I was a teacher, I had a little girl, um, superstar kid in my class, played violin, um, straight A student, very popular at school, like in the student council and everything. And she was killed in a car accident. And um, it was just devastating. You know, it's a little 12 year old girl, um, you know, and, and such a dynamite kid it, it was so heartbreaking. And the whole school was affected by that. And that every once in a while, that still brings up memories. Uh, and, and, um, 
in my class, you do these challenges uh, in orchestra. You could challenge each other for a higher chair, and over his first chair is the best player, and so forth. And she sat up. She sat up pretty high, you know, pretty high up in the in the rankings always. Um, but we left her chair open for the rest of the year in the last concert. And I wrote a little piece of music for her because it was just so heartbreaking. And and her mother was fine with that. Um, uh, and uh, but I, that one that one still gets to me every once in a while, just because it was so such a tragic thing, unexpected, surprising thing. Right. You know? I mean, I mean she's, she's just, so young. She, you think, yeah. Oh my God, she's got her whole life ahead of her. Yeah, and just, just you could tell, bright thing. Even at twelve years old, she is going to be something special later on. Just you know, just you know, very, very smart, very, very smart little girl, and super friendly and bubbly too. So that I, I think about that one every once in a while. Um, so now I got, uh, but I think I think my mother's will recur more often. You know, obviously it's my mother. Okay. So, uh, sure. but each 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 day gets a bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. I, at some point on this show, I would love to talk about, um, the afterlife or, and like belief systems and things like that. I don't know if this is the right episode because I think you're, you're pretty close to this. Like this, this just happened. I, I don't think this is a good one, but also it's a long and involved conversation that is very interesting to me. I, I always like, I, I love learning about people. I, I love people in general um, and, uh, I love to experience different ways of thought, different cultures, um, and un- try to understand where people come from, because I don't think there's any two people that believe the exact same thing down the checklist on everything, right? Oh, of course you not. could go to your, your Christians, your, your Jewish individuals, your, you know, the people who, uh, you know, Muslim, whatever religion you are. And there's not one single, there's not two Christians that believe exactly the same thing, bop, 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 down a checklist of what they believe this world is, what our purpose is, what family means, what's right, what's wrong, you know, like all the, all the different colors of what this world is, and especially the afterlife and what it means to, to be alive, to experience this life and to move on from this life. So, yeah. uh, but I, I always find it interesting to find those things. And I, over the last few years, I've done a lot of soul searching myself into trying to find out what is the meaning of life, right? Like the, you know, not the, the hit Monty Python film because, uh, you know, that it's, that it's not that great of a movie, honestly, but, the, but like, <laughs> what, what is it? What, what, you know, what does it mean to be alive and what does it mean to be dead? You know, and, and why, why do certain things happen? You know, why do people are like, Oh, when a tragedy strikes, why do bad things happen to good people and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And, it's interesting, you know, I, I'm not a Christian anymore. Um, I went but I was, uh, for many, many years. And now I'm, I still consider myself a, a very, uh, spiritual, very spiritual individual. Um, but I don't ad- adhere to one religion. There are still many aspects of Christianity that I hold very near and dear to me and, and aspects of other religions and faiths that I, that I do as well. But, um, as far as organized religion goes, it, it usually drives me up the wall. <laughs> and I think we all mistake the map for the territory to, to quote my, my acting professor from college. Um, I, I think that we, uh, we sometimes get so caught up in all the, the minutia that we forget what the big picture of everything is. Um, yeah. And, uh, but so I've been doing a lot of soul searching over the last, uh, I don't know, five, 10 years, but really the last few years of what, what is the nature of consciousness? 
Um, what does it mean? What, what about what, what is reality? And, uh, and, and when you start to think about that, you start to peel away all these different layers of onions of, of, well, if that is this, and if this is a possibility, then what of, what about this? And what about this? And the concept of past lives. And I, I went to the school of metaphysics for a while when I was in, I think I might've talked about this on the show, but I don't know if I have, but I went to the school of metaphysics for almost a year. Um, when I was, uh, going through a particularly difficult time in my adult life and, I happened to find that right at the time, and, and the school of metaphysics is not a, a religious uh, thing, and yet it is. It, and it, they welcome all religions, all all walks of life, all people of different whatever you believe is fine, um, because it's more about uh, trying to make yourself only reliant on yourself, without any other the need for any other person, place, or thing for your own happiness, and to create that balance within yourself and to understand why you have negative energies and positive energies and things like that. And it deeply changed my life. Um, going to the school of metaphysics for that little bit of time, I used to be a complete neurotic mess. And I still, people that know me now might still be like, Nathan, you're still a fucking neurotic mess. And to some extent they are correct, but I am far less of a neurotic mess than I used to be when I was going to the school of metaphysics and I was meditating all the time. And I think that's part of it is that I was meditating all the time because it's part of the practice when you go there and through meditation you start to find your days elongating and time that you didn't know existed. And you, you just, it starts to reorganize your thought process and, and you start to think deeper and harder about all the things that make up the world. And, and I started to really look at the concept of past lives and things like that. And, um, this is a conversation I think for another episode, but I have some, uh, I've been, you know, I've been reading an, uh, a lot of, of, amazing books and uh and watching a lot of really fun and interesting documentaries you know because brian you and i talked when we were talking about this podcast we're like what are we gonna make our podcast about you know and we were looking at like ancient alien theory and like because you and i both get into those conspiracy theory things like crazy and like yeah. aliens and stuff like that and and um simulation theory and 9-11 and all that stuff that we we're just yeah. all like wow you know go but a lot of this ties into that you know especially um when you talk about um interdimensional beings and inter and 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 you know I i'm very interested now in the concept of time and how we we perceive time in our reality, uh, in this reality. And like we were just, I was just talking about, you know, a little bit ago about the beginning, middle and an end of this life, but consciousness being much greater than that, because I still am a spiritual person. And I still do believe that there is a spiritual entity that is me housed in this body that is Nathan in this life. It doesn't necessarily mean, and I, I don't believe personally, I don't believe that when I die, I go to this other plane of existence called heaven where I just sit on a fluffy cloud and slap hands with all the other people that got it right, you know? And then there's other people down there being poked with a pitchfork from some cartoon <laughs> devil. You know, I don't believe that. I don't believe that, 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 and, and, and that sounds like the most boring bullshit ever just to sit in some other plane of existence and do nothing but watch the people down on earth and be like, Oh, all then. And then all these new people coming in all the time and all this stuff. It's just like, nah, I think there's something so much more beautiful and complex about consciousness and about how we're all connected. And I don't think we have even scratched the surface of that. And that is what makes me excited to be alive these days. And that I'm not no longer afraid of death uh, because of this. Because to me, 
whenever that happens, if I'm an old man, which I believe I will be, um, or if I'm, you know, if I die of a heart attack because of all the stress I'm under, uh, you know, like tomorrow, you know, either way, I believe that consciousness does move on and that um, there's so much more to explore in the across the vastness of what it means to be a conscious being. Um, and I think this world that we're living in, this earth that we're living in, I think it's only a small fraction of that. So yeah. I, 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 I'm very interested in all that stuff. I, I, I think about those things every once in a while. Well, what happens after you die? I'm not sure. I was raised Catholic, so I, you know, I was taught sure. to believe in heaven and hell, but I really don't. Yeah, I, I really don't think that's the case. Um, you know, and uh, but I, then I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I don't know. Nobody knows for sure. Who, who knows? It's a, it's a good discussion. I, you know, lots of people have a lot of opinions on this. All the religions in the world, everybody's a little different. Um, there's no clear answer, one right or wrong answer. Nobody's right or wrong. But I, I do agree with you that humans haven't evolved enough to really know what it's like to be a conscious being like it's there's some other level of intelligence that we haven't reached yet to truly understand what's going on in the universe and to truly know why things happens good and bad you know and people justify with oh this is you know it, it, it's a yin and yang they balance themselves out like you know it's i don't think it's that or i don't know that it's that but there's so many unanswered questions that we're not smart enough to answer. So we make up ideas and make up religions and make up things to try and answer those questions. You know, another thing um, that I was, that, that I've been coming to the, uh, I should say, I guess, coming to realization with is that the possibility that it's not that man hasn't, that mankind, uh, humankind, I should say, hasn't evolved enough. It's that we've long forgotten where we exist in the relationship to the physical world and the spiritual world. Because to me, I think that a long, long time ago, longer than most of us realize we've actually been around, if we're looking at time linearly, which I don't believe that all realities look at time linearly, and I do believe in the concept of other realities. But if even within this world that we're talking about, I think at one time, humanity realized where it existed in the in the cosmos, realized where our connection to each other is and that we are all connected beyond just being humans on earth. We are all connected to one consciousness, to, to a thing, to the, to the world, right? And that we had the, the ability to not be so stuck in this physical realm. And I think that at some point we did become more stuck and then we forgot, we forgot our potential. And I think mankind is constantly striving to find their potential and they keep scraping away at little tiny corners of it, but they're limited because they're so limited by what they consider to be the confines of this reality. And that the people who are actually doing a lot more interesting work are the, the people who are looking into the, the, um, concepts of the soul the concepts of reality, the, the you know, um, where sciences and math and, uh, and religion, or I should say, and spirituality connect, where magic and, you know, the spiritual world and the physical world connect, the metaphysical world. I think that the, the doctors, the scientists, um, the free thinkers of the world that are moving into those directions are the ones that are actually going to help us take us into the next step in our evolutionary process of mind 
spirit and body. Um, and that's where my mindset is and my, my focus, that's where I want to be. That's where I'm, I'm thinking more and along those lines. And it's helping me so much in thinking about that stuff. It helps me to deal with things like, like what you're going through right now with the loss of your parent. Whenever I eventually go through that myself, um, I think I'm better equipped now than I was a few years ago because of how I see the world these days and how I see reality. And it's not like I'm going to be able to deal with everything like, oh, I can just take it, take everything as it comes. It's still going to be hard, but it's not going to be not going to be as hard as if I were just living in that same life I, I was living a long time ago when I was like, you know, a Christian and just you know, like worried about, am I going to go to hell? Am I going to go to heaven? Are they going to go to hell? Are they going to go to heaven? All this stuff that's like, no, it doesn't. It's like, first of all, if you're just being good, just so you can go someplace at the end when you die is that's bullshit. I mean, like you're missing so many, so many beautiful aspects of life because you're just thinking about the end so much, you know, it's like, I think there's a reason that we're all on this earth and that we're all going through life. I think there's a reason for it beyond just, doing it you know that's and i'm you know i i I hear on all that stuff and i've never been a great thinker or philosopher but one thing that i took one philosophy class in college and on the last day this guy this guy um he He's kind of like you. He just talks and talks and talks and talks and talks. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, tell me how you really feel, right? No, I'm He's just like you. He just talks and talks and says. It's not. I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you this just is what happens. As I, I need a co-host that talks, and I'll just fill in a couple little filler words here and there. Um, so, <laughs> so this this guy, but in his class, nobody talked. Okay, he's you know a, a very, probably one of the smartest people I ever met in my life, um, knowingly anyway. And, um, but one thing always stuck with me all these years later, he says, you know, everybody asked me the meaning of life. You know, it's a cliche. I don't like answering that question, but the true meaning of life is to experience as much as possible. And it's no, it's not. And he said, it's not about religion. It's not about believing in another thing. Experience as much, go out there, do these things, meet people, uh, do a new activity, you know, get uncomfortable, do things that you out of your, out of your comfort zone. And that, that, and his definition for his definition for the meaning of life. That always stuck with me. I was like, man, I totally agree with that. There's a lot, there's a lot to that. So I, I, you know, with this, when this topic comes up, I always remember that guy in that comment, uh, because I, I, I believe it too, that you just experience as much as possible. And that makes your, makes your life more meaningful. How often in this world today do we, as, as human beings limit ourselves? It's always us. We blame everything else. We blame everything outside of ourselves for why we can't accomplish something, why we fail, why we lose, why we really don't ever try. And that's why is because we're so afraid of being uncomfortable. We're so afraid of getting something wrong or looking foolish or being remembered poorly or whatever, all that stuff that really doesn't matter in the long run. When really, if we embrace the gray, embrace the darkness, jump out beyond the comfort zone, way beyond it. The farther you jump, the more you experience, the more life you really live and you just take a bite out of it. And, and the more you are transformed in this lifetime. Whereas so many people, like we talked about, they never leave their hometown. They never leave. And it's not all about travel. And I get that um, because some people don't have the means to do that too. But when there's a will, there's a way. And I agree with your teacher and I agree with that mentality. And that's basically 
what I've come to the terms with too, from everything I've been, you know, experiencing and reading and trying to, to grow is that our purpose is to experience everything, everything, everything you, you can, possibly can, everything you possibly can. And, and, and then some, and the more you experience, the more you enhance the entirety of the world in little ways and in big ways. I mean, the more you do, the more you create, the more you experience, the better you are at interpreting and creating into the world that, cause we're all creators, just like, you know, arts, arguably the grand creator or whatever we're a part of. And I think you can't, you know, the more you understand creation, the more you understand that you can create more. And by doing that, you help other people experience life. And it's like this great ripple effect. And we're all out here rippling into each other and experiencing different people as they come into our lives and what they mean to us and different modes of art and science and, and philosophies and, and, you know, all these different things that we can experience. And it's, uh, it's truly wonderful to be alive, I think, and, uh, and to experience these things. And it makes you, you know, it sucks that we have these systems put into place that hold us back like money, which really is only designed to make some people get more power in this world and other people not have it. And religion does the same thing. And, you know, all the, all aspects of our socioeconomic system too, and keeping certain individuals, whole classes of people down and not giving people rights and taking away rights from other people. And it's just like, we're all human. We're all human. We're all on this earth. We're all experiencing it together. And we are completely missing the point. Most of the time we're fighting amongst ourselves we're taking things from each other and from the world that was given to us to use, to look at where, you know, we could completely transform this world overnight if everybody would just stop a little bit and have that mentality of a positive experience and not find petty things to be fighting with each other all the time about. From little things like he stole my toy up to big things like he stole my nuke. You know, it's like, right. <laughs> you know, that's uh that's that's a tall order, my friend, but I, I agree with you on that. And it's going to take a long time to get more more and more people on that side of things. You know, it's just people accept the world for where they is way it is rather than trying to change it for the better. So it's, I I I'd love you know because because that's that again that's one thing I've learned. I've, I've tried different things. Uh, I remember you know being and going back to Boy Scouts and remembering all that stuff. All the different merit badges you could earn and all these different subjects. Man, I learned so much about all that stuff. And I was a kid. I didn't really appreciate it at that time, but I had the experience of doing this thing. Learn how to do a sailboat. Uh, uh, learn how to you know learn how to build a shelter out in the woods without tent or anything like that. How to start a fire without matches and things like you know things like that. Like no, I don't use those things, but I but still have made you. I, yeah. yeah, I have I have those experiences, and it's part of who I am these today, you know. And all those years ago, it still affects me, and uh, still think about those things. Uh, but as adults, I think you tend to kind of get in a groove, and you don't you don't do it as much. So we got to kind of I need I think, to remind myself to do yes. more, experience more. I think we let life the way that we've created. Because remember, we've created this world. The world that we live in today is all created by humans, by our, and we create boxes for ourselves. We dig our own graves from the minute we're born. Um, we, we limit our potential. We limit the potential of those around us for various reasons, usually ego reasons, but we, we cage ourselves, but we don't have to do that. You can break free from the paradigms that we've put into place. We can do that. I believe that 100%, but it's so hard because we program it every day. I have to make money. 
I have to go to work to make money and I hate my job, but I have to do it because I have to make money because I have to support my kids. And if I can't support my kids, they're going to die on the street and blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff. And it's like, we tell ourselves, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't all the time. I don't know how many times in my life I've said, I can't do something, but every single time, every single fucking time in my life, little things to big things that I've said, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. It scares the shit out of me, but I'm going to do it. And I take that jump. It's always been the most rewarding, life-changing, momentum, you know, encompassing growth, like everything in my life. Every time in my life that I've had, a, uh, you know, been catapulted to a next level or been immensely rewarded, it has been because of that. And yet I still have to fight with myself all the time about things. And we get in these like lock, these lock boxes, we, but they're all things that we can control. We can all help each other get out of it too, you know, but it's not easy because not easy. it's systematic and it's been done. We've been doing it to ourselves for eons, for time immemorial. Since, since the dawn of civilization, we have been boxing ourselves in trying to control each other and ourselves and tell ourselves, you know, limit ourselves, limit the potential of what it, what we could be. Because we are more than human. We are a spiritual being within this body and within this world. And I think that there are magics that exist. And I've done my best to try to teach my kids that magic does exist in this world. And I'm not necessarily talking about fairies and elves and goblins and all that bullshit, although maybe. Um, but that that it's it's a wondrous world and it is full of mysterious things. And even though we know so much, we think we know so much, we know nothing. We know nothing about our, about our existence. And that is supremely exciting to me because it means that there's so much more to learn, you know? Couldn't agree more, so, man. This is, we, we keep going on this forever, but yeah, uh, man. And you know, I'm should, so excited. Yeah, we should, we should wrap it up, but I'm just excited that I have people like you in my life that we get to go through this with. I'm so thankful for you, for your friendship, for the collaborations that we have and, and the other people that I have in my life too. And I'm sure you are as well. That it's so great to go through this life and to recognize that there's some people that just stick with you for some reason, you know, in this life, there's something that we connected on a way, uh, on a level that few people get to. And it's, I'm just so thankful for you. I was going to tell you that. I was going to tell you that there are a few people that I immediately clicked with in my life, and you're you're one of those. It's like less than five. It's maybe maybe only three people where I just immediately click with that person, and I'm lifelong friends with them. And that's that that is such a special and rare thing. So I'm so grateful for our friendship and our continuing discussion about everything and anything. And this is this is a this is a good this is a good discussion i i'm glad i'm glad we got to do this and you and, feel and, good uh, you feel yeah you feel good about even good. even better better than better than when we started a little while ago <laughs> yeah yeah well it's it's exciting to think about you know even though we lose people in this life it's exciting to know they're con like they're part we're still they're still part of us i believe you know and that they're out there and we're all experiencing it and that you know maybe in another life or maybe in another reality or something There'll be more to experience. I, it's just so exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be on this journey with you, my friend. Me too.
Me too. A lot more to talk about. Uh, yeah. All you people out there too listening, we want you to chime into this conversation. If anything that we talked about today hit you in a way that is an emotional impact or, or, or got your, your brain just sizzling and you're like, I, I want to talk about this. We want to hear from you. Please, please hit us up on our social media. Hit us up on our, uh, you know, send us an email. Brian and I are incredibly uh, personable people. We love hearing, hearing from others out there uh, who are going through this crazy life. Um, and uh, we want to hear from you. So hit us up. And uh, as always, thanks for joining us, Brian. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for sharing so much of your personal uh, you know, journey recently with us and, uh, and for bringing me along with you, man. Thanks. No, so great to talk about. I'm glad, glad we did it. Really, I'm glad we did it. Yeah. Until next time, buddy. See you.